0: Read that you might be the cool kid, you wear the latest fashions on top of all the trends. Or have you ever worried you were too much in the mainstream? Always so generic, more normal than your friends. Well, we've devised a test to put to rest your fears. There's no need to
1: panic if you'll us your ears. Tonight you can't sleep easy after all that you've heard. Cause if you like the show, then you're probably a nerd.
2: hello everybody and welcome to the it's canon podcast where we talk about everything geek everything pop culture everything video games everything regular games everything books everything comics everything movies everything everything that you can imagine it's all in canon so welcome to the show i'm filling in for boris and my name is phil and joining me this week believe it or not i have the often talked about but never quite seen, quite like Pokeroo. Tyler, how are you hey, doing,
0: Tyler? It's me. It's, I, I lost my son. I lost my Mondays was the issue. You guys moved over to recording on Mondays, which is literally the one day of every week that is booked. But it's been really good. Been settling into that their rural life. Um, and found out that I have to gut my basement.
1: Oh, no. The-
0: over the course of like the next 75 days what i gotta gut it my father-in-law and i are gonna build like the frame for the basement Mm -hmm. before the the insulation people come in and blow insulation and then i'm gonna finish the entire basement before winter
2: wow what a project yeah oh Home ownership life, but good on you for doing
0: it. I mean, it was one of those like the long and the short of it is both the federal and provincial government right now have money that they're just like, hey, do you want to make your home more energy efficient? We'll pay you to do it. And we're like, yeah, deal.
2: Yeah, excellent. Well, that's fantastic because here I am just wasting my life away playing video games, you know? Like a parts. <laughs> I mean i I do a decent amount of that too, uh, that's awesome. That's awesome, but we'll get into it. I guess. I guess uh, I should ask you, what is it that you've been up to lately in the world of geekdom stuff, in the content world, comic books that you may be reading, books that you may be reading? It's my favorite part of this segment because I basically get my reading list.
0: I mean, I got I got not great news on that front for you. I am I am just rereading Discworld. Oh wow! I I started at the beginning. I'm at Men at Arms, um, and I, I I get through a book once every three or four days right now. Wow. Um, and then I've been playing Humankind,
1: which is the oh. new
0: Civ six kind of clone. And I think it's going to be good once they patch it a few times, but the AI is like comically dumb.
2: Well, this is interesting because that's on Stadia as well.
0: It's, it's not bad. Like, if you liked Civ 6, it is very much Civ 6 plus plus. Well, and they, yeah, I,
2: I have a friend who plays Civilization endlessly. And his PC died and his wife gave him her hand-me-down and it hadn't an SSD on it. Okay. And all of a sudden he's messaging me like, is this what video gaming is like in the huh? world because of the SSD? And I'm like, dude, I think you might want to just go out and buy this game on Stadia and just plug it into your computer. And you never need to worry about anything, loading times or patches or anything. because." It's all done on the back end. And I yeah. think this might be his adoption path. I think this might be his pathway into the future. So I'm really interested to hear that, that you're that you're enjoying it and hopeful that the changes are going to basically be incoming
0: to make it more playable. Yeah. It, it, it suffers from the problem that a lot of strategy games like it do in that like the AI is just dumb. It's just dumb. And the only way that they can make it good is just to give it like far more resources. So mm-hmm. like it's not playing the same game as you are, which can be very frustrating at times. But it is what it is. And then I'm playing Phoenix Point, which is like halfway through its first season of extra content now. Mm-hmm. It's the XCOM from the original makers. Mm So it has like a lot of Lovecraftian vibes. Uh it's already after the apocalypse has happened. So like one of your stats is like, yeah, there's only like a couple million humans left. And if that is no longer a viable population, you just lose the game. Wow. It's interesting.
2: That that does sound interesting. Yeah. Um, any shows or any movies? Uh they've been checking yeah, out.
0: Prob- I mean, I've actually seen a bunch of movies recently. I saw Suicide Squad. I don't know if you guys have talked about that one or not yet.
2: A little bit. We haven't done any spoilery stuff, but Boris and I basically came away with the we enjoyed it kind of vibe. Yeah. We didn't think it was the best movie ever made, but we thought it was a good sign for DC.
0: I was going to say, it's one of the best DC movies. Yeah. Um, Reminiscence.
2: That's a new one for me.
0: Brand new. Uh, 2021. Um... Hugh Jackman in this weird cyberpunk thing where like oh. it's after it's like post global warming has flooded most of the cities. Um uh, and he is like a guy that helps you you can like relive your memories.
2: Interesting. Now yeah, is this the one that bombed on the weekend at the box office? Yeah. i was curious about that because i heard like it only got like two million dollars or something it is i I
0: don't believe it did good
2: yeah and that's that's a weird thing and i know we talk about as a regular topic and i didn't prepare it in the show notes but we saw that suicide squad things didn't go so great for it and then the next weekend we had a big movie now what was it because all of a sudden things got hot again at the box office and we're starting to question is COVID the reason why people are staying away or did people find a reason not to enjoy suicide
1: squad or go see it? You know what I mean? I mean, I think that it's, it's, I think that it depends.
0: I think it's, I think you can't say that it wasn't in part, um,
1: COVID. Yeah. Right. Like, obviously, um, I, I I think that's got away on people. But to see, oh, you're thinking a,
0: Free Guy. Free Guy. That's the one with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, it's at 18.5 mil domestic. I think. Oh no, 28 million opening weekend. Domestic yeah. is 60 million dollars. Worldwide is 113. Yeah. So it, it's killing. Like Disney
2: have already come out and said that they're greenlighting a sequel to it. Yeah, it it's it's doing super well, and it's not one of these simultaneous releases. So I think there's might be a lot of finger pointing on the executive level about the damage that a simultaneous release can do compared to a pure theatrical release. Even so, in I mean,
0: COVID. I mean, my pushback on that is number one release of 2021 is still Black Widow.
2: But again, I, a dual dual release with a caveat that you have to buy it. Sure, right? Like, yeah, the HBO Max subscription is a really interesting thing mm-hmm. because of the fact that it's included with the subscription. If they would have done the same thing with Black Widow, where it's included with Disney Plus,
0: well, I mean Jungle Cruise, which again you had to buy it, but that's ninety three. Corilla's eighty five. Quiet Place Part 2 is 160. Was that Simul release?
2: No. That was Box Office first and then a right. quick ad. Right. To it was streaming like streaming service.
0: A week or two later, wasn't it?
2: It was about a month. Okay. But it a month and it appeared on in Canada, Amazon Prime. Fair. Right. So yeah. I was trying to find that on a friend's plaques, and then I was like, hmm, it's all of a sudden on Amazon. And I watched it there. It's 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 interesting, if nothing else. Like uh, it, it's it's. I know that they're talking about it at Disney's executive level uh, about the whole idea of the new the new Shang or Shang Chi movie. Yeah, being an interesting, and I do think that this is what was intended by it. Not that it had anything to do with the fact that it's Asian superstars, or you know what I mean, like. Yeah, it, it has to do with the fact that they're doing a, a launch strategy and they they're going to find it interesting on how this goes.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, it, if anything, do see uh, Marvel's got to be Marvel? Disney's got to be really excited to see how it does internationally, right?
1: Because mm-hmm.
0: you got a guy, a, a group that is very much on the upswing in fame, which is how Disney Marvel likes to grab their leads. You know, someone who's proven they can act proven that they've got some star quality to them, but haven't don't have a name yet. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, I know for myself, uh, I haven't watched this week's episode of What If, but I did watch last week's.
0: Oh, I'm behind on What If. Yeah, the
2: first week I struggled with. I'm not going to ruin it for you. The second week, the second episode wasn't bad. But I I think that it did something that it had Chadwick voicing Black Panther.
0: Yeah, it was the last thing he did, right?
2: Yeah. And they said that they had every day was a tough day in the studio Mm -hmm. doing the work on that for that reason. And it was it was an emotional watch, but it was still there's a lot of fun uh, with it where I thought it was a different idea that was, you know, exposed what what F really could be. On on that front, for me at least, mm-hmm. the first one did the same thing. It just wasn't content that I was interested in. It wasn't a time frame, <sighs> nor a storyline that I was really hyped about. And that's what this show is going to do. It's going to have hits. It's going to have misses. And different parts of the audience are going to respond differently to each episode.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping they don't do the thing that a lot of the YouTube theorizers are saying, which is all going to be can't. This is all setting up the multiverse, and we're going to see all these characters. <laughs> and I'm like, I sure hope not.
2: No, I, I I think it's going to get treated exactly like the comic book, which didn't perform well, ever. Right. But because different storylines had different appeals for different reading groups, certain yeah. issues would do or resonate better depending on the audience.
0: Yeah, and every once in a while, one of them is a classic and then all of a sudden yeah. you get your Marvel zombies and then like, oh, there we go.
2: Exactly. So I think they're headed down that road. We'll see what happens. I will follow up with everyone and yourself and let you know that I am still way over enjoying my experience with my Xbox Series S. Nice. Which is shocking me. But I've got Psychonauts 2 already downloaded, waiting for oh. my attention after this. Oh. I've got Flight Simulator running in full 4K glory. Nice. I've got... You know, just so many games. Uh, uh, what is it 12 minutes? Like it just all these games that are coming out day one, day and date on Game Pass. And I got to say, like, we're going to talk about another one coming up really soon in our stories. But it's been a lot of fun. And I think it has a lot to do with Game Pass and just the ability of the machine. It doesn't run quite as fast as the PS5. Yeah. But it does load damn quick and it is a lot of fun for all those games that are tweaked to be played on it. Um, it, it's a great experience. I'm enjoying it way more than I thought I would have. Mm-hmm. And I've actually had the debate. I haven't bought the game yet, but I do, I will because I like the franchise of aliens. I know there's a mm. new aliens fire team game out. Yeah. I've seen some pretty harsh reviews on it. So it's a, wait for sale for me which that's fair but i don't know what platform i'm gonna buy it on like honestly it's like who which platform would i have the most potential friends that might want to co-op play it and that's a great problem to have so well done to microsoft for launching it and seemingly getting some of it out there and having a product without any massive titles that are floating it along it's it's fighting a good fight in my books right now but everything is kind of meh like the controller <laughs> compared to the PlayStation 5 the PlayStation gets a leg up on a lot of stuff
1: so I guess that's where my heart will lie but following up with something that you brought up I guess
2: leads us into our first story and that is about the Marvel Multiverse of Madness Which was brought up In name Specifically In the new Spider-Man No Way Home teaser trailer That got released On the 23rd Yeah I watched it I know the leaks were out I know there was, there was a lot of pressure on Sony To get this thing out there And I know a lot of people are thinking there's a big conspiracy because when you watch WandaVision, they had August the 23rd with an unexplained heart on the day. So now the the conspiracy theorists are thinking this was a strategy all along from Sony and Marvel to drop it on that date. I do find it weird that it landed fairly late at night Eastern time. Um, but what did you think of it? Did you watch I mean,
1: it?
0: <sighs> so, I I am excited for the for the movie. I want to preface that before saying that this fucking trailer was a hundred percent cut, so they'd get a ton of free advertising by theorists on YouTube <laughs> and on the blogosphere. Like I've already seen three people be like. There's there's a picture of of Peter Parker with horns and that's that's the hint that it's going to be Mephisto and I'm like oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> and I don't know. The the fact that it's a whole industry now that they can so easily wind up and get through free marketing it just
1: bleh. Yeah. Eh.
2: I I was a little bit overwhelmed watching it for the same reason, because I was like, I can watch this and think that it's kind of fun that there's these characters from the older movies coming back Mm -hmm. and, and it was subtle hints. And then it was a not so subtle last one. Yeah. And that's where it ended for me. And then I watched some of the YouTube stuff.
0: Oh no
2: and the mephisto stuff came out and all this and the freezing of the screens to show that the lizard man was there and then the whole idea that the lightning meant that electro electro,
0: which is confirmed that jamie
2: fox is back and then the sand and indicating sandman
0: and then if you look at Jamie Foxx had a three-week period where he didn't tweet that overlapped with Tom Holland's three-week period of not tweeting. Like, Jesus Christ.
2: Yeah, it's... Like, look, everybody's just got to... You know what's the best experience? And that's going to be when you get into the movie theater or you get the movie at home and you avoid the spoilers. However, you find a way to enjoy it. And you just get to enjoy it right it, you don't have to look at tweets or anything else and draw these comparisons the rumors are out there if you want to consume them i know i avoid them so a lot of this stuff was kind of covering things like i'm an idiot and i'm like well maybe i am huh? but i'm like this stuff like it doesn't impress me because i don't know how it's going to actually turn out but i know the other two were good but we laugh at some of the earlier Tobey Maguire movies now. Yeah. So, well, I mean,
1: but,
0: but Sam Raimi has been retroactively... Like, he has been dubbed a patron saint of nerdy movies.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: you know, he, he, he took it to that next level, right? Where, <laughs> you know, Spider-Man looked like Spider-Man. It didn't look like 1960s guy running around in spandex Spider-Man. I'm not
0: saying he shouldn't be. I'm just like Sam Raimi has become this like quasi religious figure. My only thing with that whole ecosystem is how much of it is like it's built on anger now and how quickly so many people like buy into these theories and then flip out when the theory doesn't hold up.
2: Exactly. And that's my apprehension with it as well. With WandaVision, everybody was leaning it to Mephisto. And yeah. then it was palpably, you know, you could you could feel the upset on the internet when yeah. it wasn't Mephisto. Yeah. I had people who didn't really care about any of that nerd sphere that were banking on Mephisto. Yep. Yeah. And when I log in, I go, Hey, there was the final episode, and we had, you know, white or gray vision and we had, you know what I mean? All of these things that I mm-hmm. thought Ultimately, we're good storytelling vehicles and exactly what we had talked about and we've talked about on the show here. And that is that you're not going to get any profound reveals in these TV shows because Disney don't want to ruin the continuity of the films.
0: Yeah, or, or if you get a profound reveal, you will either get it again in a film yeah. Or it will never cross over enti- entirely to the films, right? Exactly.
2: It's it's going to be its own thing. And you can't do that with Mephisto. There's There's way too many ties to bridge that character, that bad guy, over to the X-Men and from the Avengers and all this stuff. And I'm well, like...
0: And yeah. Not to mention, you suddenly introduce demons into the Marvel Universe, which I feel like they're still trying to... But They're trying to avoid literal gods and demons. They're still trying to be like, well, Mm -hmm. no, it's just a super advanced alien or it's just a creature from this other dimension, which I mean, you know, we can. We can quibble about whether or not that is a demon by any other name tastes just as sweet. But I think (laughs) they're trying to avoid the excuse me, the D.C. route of like, no, 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 this is Lucifer, as in the literal Lucifer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> son of God who turned on his father and then was the most loved until he was the Lightbringer who fell and like mm. I don't think Marvel's going to take that tact.
2: No, I think there's going to be some pretty big changes, but again I, we're going to find out a little bit of that in November when the Eternals comes out. Yeah, right? like How are they going to start broaching these topics of the Eternals and their status and how they fit within the MCU and how the MCU overall deals with these bigger than regular characters that are overarching and over time. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, Feige did say that we're going to start kind of splitting it into two sub lines, right? You're going to start getting kind of the earth line and then the, the interstellar line. Okay. Right. They didn't say they're going to have, or they said, they called the cosmic, which cosmic, I think is going to be, you know, Eternals, Captain Marvel.
1: Yeah. Strange and Wanda, probably guardians Thor. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Like we,
2: we've known as well that the, The Marvel universe has been split, so to speak, with with basically the difference between the regular Earth stuff and then the zany space stuff. And I know that this phase was supposed to be opening with the zany space stuff. Mm -hmm. And they've had to reverse it due to the James Gunn thing with Suicide Squad. And, you know, it was supposed to launch with Guardians 3. And now that's delayed and just starting practical shooting now, I believe. So yeah. it, it's it's changed the order of stuff. So maybe the Eternals is the start of the zanier space stuff.
0: Yeah, but I will see. I am really interested in that one because I have no idea what the tone is going to be like.
2: Yeah, it could be the first Marvel movie that I'm not a big fan of. But you like um, Thor too? I didn't hate it because I, I I like look. You're talking about this, you know, battle between Thor and Loki, and you've got Natalie Portman in there and stuff like not, that, and it's relatively. Not Thor two. <laughs> oh, not Thor two. Oh, That's okay. not Thor that two. Was, Thor that was, that two is. One.
0: Yeah, Thor two is Malekith. Yeah, I I just thought that it was
2: fun because it was, you know, it's not my favorite Marvel movie. I enjoyed Ragnarok much more. Yeah. But so I yeah, typically people bag on Thor two. I I gave it a pass just because I was like, eh, dealt with like that land. Like the Thor the Thor World type thing, the Valhalla stuff. I didn't I didn't mind it. I was just like, eh, it's entertainment. But sure, it wasn't as great of a story. But and as well though, one thing I did like about this whole trailer, I love the inclusion of um Doctor Strange. And I thought that I don't know i really like the interplay between spider-man and and steven yeah. so to speak and i i just thought that they captured some moments like even the little detail of you know strange holding that mug that says oh for fox's sake
1: oh yeah no like I, I, like I'm there is this so
2: funnier
0: doctor strange
2: yeah like i there there is all these little nods and whatnot that i was and then I just had these moments where I was like, is this inception, <laughs> which I know I asked myself yeah. that a couple times with the original doctor strange, but it's, it's yeah. just so funny because it's like, this is really the Rubik's cube that opens up the multiverse of madness, obviously.
0: Yeah. Well, it, yeah, yeah is this, and then the other bits and then, yeah, we're gonna
2: well, you there. know, doctor strange too, which is dropping in March is called the multiverse of madness. So I'm like, if you really want to think about it, what if isn't kicking this off? Loki introduced this stuff. Mm we are seeing a lot of the repeated imagery from Mm -hmm. the Loki show in the time loops and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then you can actually see where Peter messes up the spell and Mm -hmm. whatnot. I'm just like, ah, there's going to be all kinds of justification that's going to feed the geeks and, and the excited Marvel watchers. Tons of stuff But you know you don't need To overdo it with this Trailer but people are doing it Already so yeah I guess It floats a boat and it gets the views and it gets The clicks and hey we're even talking about It in a more subdued way In just promoting The excitement of going and watching The trailer if that's your thing Yep I can totally
0: Understand people not wanting to watch trailers So this does give Me however a great transition to our next topic, which is mm-hmm. speaking of audiences being patently unreasonable. <laughs> let's talk about. Um, the general sentiment that Fortnite's new imposter mode shares a lot of similarities to Among Us, which was famous earlier in the covid pandemic. Yeah. And made an indie studio a ton of money. Um, the community. Manager, I believe, for Among Us, the company behind it, basically said, Wow, it would have been awesome if they had like called us because you totally would have done the collab. Yeah. Um and one of the developers from Among Us shared uh layout, like a, a a comparative layout map, mm-hmm. which shows that the map has the same it's not the exact same by any stretch, but it shares the same major pathways and the same major relationships between rooms.
2: Yeah, it has. It bears a
0: similarity. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was boof. um, Which I mean, I don't know. It's a whole thing. No one patented anything. No laws were broken. Mm-hmm. Um, Fortnite's whole thing has been kind of ripping off other people's games. Um, Battle Royale was taking from PUBG and H1Z, I believe. It yeah there was in. a previous
2: thing that that did the the kind of battleground thing because yeah. i remember downloading Fortnite back in the day on my playstation 4 and it was like a castle defense game
1: well, yeah
0: originally it was like yeah it wasn't the same game at all um, no
2: and i'm like this is garbage
1: like i deleted it
0: yeah i mean the, the, i think the only real interesting news here is the fact that. Like we said, no laws were broken, yeah. and a lot of members of and I'm not saying this should be illegal or anything like that by any stretch, I think it's a complicated yeah. issue, but a lot of fans of Fortnite
1: are like, how dare you at all criticize? Epic games <laughs> and it's like,
0: guys, like, cool your role a little bit people can criticize stuff but social media man
2: yeah it, it's funny though because like to me epic are in the spot where you know if you look at they're embroiled in a courtroom battle with Apple yeah. and with Google uh-huh and they're trying to be we're the little guys we're fighting the big big bad corporations and they're doing their best to expose a lot of the industry sliminess that's going on and and maybe some of the stuff that needs closer attention. Fair enough. But they're not the little guy in a lot of this stuff. They're commanding one of the biggest games in the world right now. Yep. And they're making money off of add-on stuff. And a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. Like, if I was a parent that had a kid who's playing Fortnite, and I'm looking at my, the credit card bill, as he's buying skins and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, geez, the, man.
0: It's the, it's the, oh, what is it? It's the, um, the season passes is the word. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta like, buy in every season or you miss a bunch of stuff.
2: Yeah. And that would be like, geez, for this free game, it sure is. Like, I know my kids playing it a lot and I'll give it the pass, but like, they've, they've really been I don't know, mercurial in how it's changing the video game industry.
0: I mean, if you want a breakdown of how hostile the design space is.
1: Um Oh my god, what's his name? Oh my god, brain fart. <laughs> uh I can't remember the guy who did it. I well, like did the breakdown of the game mechanics
0: and he's a guy I watch all the time. He does a lot of <laughs> reviews. Um, it's
1: just
2: funny though. You know, I'm, I'm in my 40s. I'm not going to be playing a Battle Royale or anything like that. And I Epic used to be this beacon. All right. And I have a very close and personal relationship with the company. Mm-hmm. All right, like I have met the current CEO He has come into my store when I used to be the assistant manager, and and Cliff Blazinski would be in, in his toe type thing, like coming up and visiting Mark Rain while he lived in Queensville, Ontario, yeah. yeah, and whatnot. And I know his wife Tara and all this stuff, like it's crazy. But anyhow, they were making a product in the Epic unreal engine yep and it was an exciting thing they were developing it they were selling it and they were starting to open up to the idea that people can also develop for it as long as they're not making money and once they start they need to contribute back into epic and all this yep. and i i get like this they, they make such big contribution towards just my enjoyment of the mandalorian it's fantastic but they mm-hmm. their, their crap still stinks like, when you go out and you rip off a game, even though the game didn't have a copyright or anything like that, it still is kind of like,
0: eh. it had. It had a copyright, it wasn't covered by copyright, and it had no patents or anything.
1: I mean, the other side being, the Unreal Engine license is... <sighs> yeah. It, it, the EULA is not the worst ever.
0: It's a little bit funky and odd, um, the people, the person I was thinking of was Folding Ideas. He has the episode called "Manufactured Discontent", Discontent and Fortnite, mm. where he breaks down the hostility of the design space and how much Fortnite is designed to make you spend more money.
2: Yeah, which is a real thing.
0: Yeah, well, it, it, you know, it's it's Skinner boxes, which are like mentally designed to to kind of. Fry and short circuit parts of your, your crummy human brain. It's a whole thing.
2: Yeah, and that's what these companies do, right? Is they're they're basically performing a degree, a, a certain amount of like mental warfare on you. Yep. To get the money, right? It's it's why we had to regulate and we still don't do it well, but children's advertising. Yep. I mean, and things we do like a lot that. better than we used to. Yeah, but you, you remember as a kid, like hasbro and gi joe and i follow some of these nostalgia accounts Yeah, and it's just like man oh man it was like he-man stuff like that was a license to print crack like they oh, yeah. were manufacturing the shows after the toys they yep. had everything ass backwards in it they weren't building a fandom from a show and then introducing a toy no they were introducing a toy plugging a ton of money into it for marketing and part of that marketing money was to create a half hour of pure crack. To sell you
1: toys.
0: Well and combined with you know. There weren't as many options. That was so many like, cartoons out there for kids. Yeah. I mean looking back. That's the reason that like if you watch your your He-Man and She-Ra especially. There is one body type for each gender. And it's because yeah. fewer molds.
2: Yeah exactly. Like the, I, I found that the, the, the toys themselves were a little bit frustrating. Because oh. they were all the same mold. And you know what happened? I complained about this before, but I'll say it again. I I used to try to collect the figures that didn't have the same body mold. So I got like Ram Man and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And you know that that was the worst goddamn toy I ever played Uh with. Because all he did was boing and punch like his head up. And I walked into Walmart the other day and there's racks full of Ram Man. And I'm like, not again. Sorry, not again. I'm not going to put this nostalgically on like yeah. burn in hell toy.
0: Well, I mean, people who like freaking love transformers and talk about like the transformers movie and the whole thing about like, wow, I remember when Optus prime died, like the people who made the movie said they didn't consider it as an important plot point to them. They were literally killing off the old season of product.
1: Yeah,
2: get rid of the toys.
0: We got to get like, new ones. Yeah, we have to kill off Optimus Prime in the previous generation. So we can do this thing. Oh, wow. Uh, speaking of, like, literally, I just got my ad pop-up for Saints Row, the new one.
2: Oh, yeah, that got announced today, too.
0: Yep, yeah. February 25th, 2022. It's a reboot
1: thing. <laughs> Oh man, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to flip our story order. Cause
2: I think that that's going to lead excellent into yeah. the news about halo because oh you know, I, I had put this on the show notes just because I was like, you know what, halo is kind of a mess. And Boris posted a story for us. And really it was all about the idea that there was going to be some truncation to the campaign mode and forge wasn't going to be active on its release which you know I was like wow okay that's an interesting choice they they're going to release an somewhat incomplete product but they finally announced today that they have a date of november 8th 2021 they also have announced today that they have product releases for uh halo series uh, uh uh microsoft uh xbox series x halo edition yeah and a halo edition Series three elite controller or a third yep. elite controller.
0: And then it wasn't included in the main wave, but also there is a razor special headset.
2: Oh, great. The marketing continues.
0: It's
1: gotta.
2: Yeah. And that, that just made me laugh because I'm like, you know what? Like it, there was a part of me that was like, you know what? I really like that controller. I'm not really fond of the design of the Xbox. It's kind of got stars on it and gold and 20 years of Xbox and all this. I get the nostalgia of it. But I really don't want that stuff anymore because I've got a whole collection of green shit that Microsoft (laughs) has sold me before. That I just went, ugh, after a while. Because I'm like, I don't want to use the Halo stuff. Yep. They oversaturated that market. and, And that was under Bungie so i won't bag on 343 for that but this is this is really concerning for me because again it's my my regular refrain with 343 industries but they can't keep a schedule i mean that's part of it like you can bag on bungie all you want but we had a new halo game like every 2 years
1: i mean and now let's...
2: we're waiting like 5 years for Halo Let's talk
0: stuff. about some other parts. Let's talk about the fact that speaking of the battle pass model for Fortnite, did you know that's how multiplayer is going to be?
2: Oh gosh, yeah, multiplayer.
0: Battle, yeah, battle. You're going to have seasons of battle passes, and they've yeah. already announced the second season will start about three months after the after the game launches.
1: Yeah. So, like, you will already have paid. It was, assuming you're in the battle pass let's say Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to
0: have, you're going to have to have bought two seasons within the first four months of release plus the game.
2: Yeah. Well, the game is launching on game pass. So here's where an old dude like me wins because I'm only going to play the campaign, which means I don't pay anything on game pass and I get my game and I'm not going to do do the battle pass. And that's the interesting thing about the multiplayer is that it's free to play on all platforms. Yeah. But there's this battle pass system. Yep. So, obviously it's a direct Fortnite, you know, one story we're complaining about Among Us being ripped off by Fortnite and here we have the exact same
0: thing, a Microsoft ripping off Fortnite. I mean, f- Microsoft ripping off Fortnite who ripped off other people. Yes. I mean, the battle pass model is it's such a weird one, right? Like hypothetically, you're just paying for um access, not even access. you're paying for for cosmetics, yeah, which you know, to a degree, like I don't sure, go nuts. um, but it depends how hostile they are in. How hostile they are in designing the importance of cosmetics?
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, you know, look at what Fortnite does. They get all the pop culture characters. Yeah, they they make it such a marketable, and they also have these live events, right? Where yep. people perform, like Ariana Grande or whatever it is, goes in there and and does like four or five songs
1: mm-hmm.
2: in a live environment to a wow. virtual environment or, you know what I mean? Like
0: those aren't live. Those are actually, they are marketed as live, but those are prepped and, and done like, like a month or two. Like they're, those okay, are pre rent
2: Yeah. I saw the video one once and it, it looked like superimposed and heavily touched. Right. Cause like oh, yeah. it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a filter. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? It wasn't, it wasn't a Twitch filter. <laughs> mm hmm. So I, I would assume so, but I got confused the last time because I was getting pinged hard from whatever service saying you have to log in at 8 p.m. to watch this concert in Fortnite. I'm like, uh, no, thanks, yeah. but no. Uh, yeah, it's it's interesting what's happening, right, with all this video game stuff and the crunch that's that's occurring uh, so and and just these models now because it's changing the way games go and in fact uh, the other week I'll bring this up as another like in in topics uh, sequence I know I didn't put it in the notes mm-hmm. but there's genuine concern over the the Game Pass model with Outriders it the, the devs haven't gotten their bonus pay yep because the sales figures aren't in the sales figures don't meet the threshold to issue it And they're also noticing that games that release on Game Pass, like Hades, Hades released on Game Pass, 93% of all sales have happened on the PS5. Yep. So this is really, to me, it's evolution. If you're going to have Game Pass and it looks like it's here to stay and Microsoft are putting their own money behind it. I just think that these contracts have to evolve with Microsoft. Yeah. All of these services are doing this, and Google's already changed its iteration of how it's going to compensate people to go on its free-to-play kind of platform, where they give away games with Pro, mm-hmm. and they've already started to change it because the more people play those games, the more those people are going to get paid, mm-hmm. versus just paying them, a, you know, X money up front to to get the game onto the thing. They're saying no, you have to make a compelling game because we're tired of giving away games and seeing no playtime on.
0: Yeah. Oh, so, totally.
2: you know, I, I think that there's an evolution that's happening in the industry and it's changing, but guess what change happens. We didn't sit around and go, Oh gosh, darn, we can't go to the automobile. What's going to mm-hmm. happen to all the people who, who mill out wagon wheels.
0: I mean, we did. There was a lot of free. Yeah, there out was people the who did it. <laughs> yeah. I do mean, no, That was, the was the whole thing. The, yeah. the Luddites smashed a bunch of property.
2: And and but that's what I mean. We still went by it, right? Like that, we had to embrace the change. That's part yeah. of life. Change happens, right? Tyler moved his home. Yeah, Tyler has to refinish his basement.
0: That, you know, that's
2: change.
1: And yeah. it's
0: like I, it I think I think you're onto it though. Is that the issue is right now of like who's going to get the better contracts and when? Right? Yeah. Like your your indie people are, I imagine, going to keep getting screwed. Yeah. Right.
1: And that's and exactly all of a sudden,
0: that. as we're seeing with with Disney, you know, we found out that. Black Widow, who made 180 million or whatever at theaters, made another 60 million on streaming, which is not a third. Like it's not a third. And, you know, no one was able to get that information without taking Disney to court. So if you're an indie developer and, you know, let's say let's say. Sony is slow on your royalties. All of a sudden you're like, "Well, shit, how do I like how do I get paid without taking them?" Yeah. But
2: of that's course. where the the contracts have to evolve and Sony has to understand or whoever the game publisher or developer is or the game platform publisher developer is who's pushing the the pass plat the pass system mm-hmm. has to get comfortable with the economics of that system. And then they have to be able to be realistic on the compensation models,
1: yeah, right. Hopefully. So you can't
2: go out and promise the world for them and then tr- hope that it happens or it materializes. You have to have statistics that say, guess what? On the uptake of games, if we put fifty games on for mm-hmm. free each month and people only play twenty three of them, and mm-hmm. like what percentages are we looking at? What kind of adherence? And then what's the life cycle? Yeah because I have run into it where, I played a game on game pass. It came off of game pass. I still have the game downloaded. I go to play it and it says, no, you got to go buy this now. And I'm like, Hmm, do I spend the $25? I was really Mm -hmm. interested in maybe finishing that game. And that is the compelling model, right? For these indie developers. And if oddly enough, it is an indie game. So I'm like, that's an interesting place to be in because I I would assume that there's more than me happening. That's happening too.
0: Yeah, I'd be interested to in see the numbers on that versus people who are able to run through it within the within the time it's up there.
2: Yeah. Believe me, my friends are all frustrated by the fact that I do find the easily 1,000 achievement points from a game that I can do in 15 minutes, and you know what I mean? Minimal controller input. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you, YouTube. <laughs> Oh my goodness! But you know what? In terms of playing games, there's a game called Jeopardy.
1: Oh,
0: yep. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and and classic. Alex Trebek, rest in peace, a mm-hmm. great Canadian icon who hosted that show for a very, very long time.
0: Twenty three
2: years. I'm tempted to say twenty three years. And he's passed away, and um from pancreatic cancer 37 37 oh my goodness
0: however like 23 nope
2: 37 wow yeah that's an impressive legacy 23 was impressive 37 is just wow so now we have a mess because they put somebody in there this guy what? is being put into other game shows in the so past
0: it, it's actually worth noting to back up a second
2: okay he is you a producer
0: it. on tr- on John Jeopardy. Jeopardy. So he yes. put himself into that position.
2: Apparently he did something with the prices right years ago. Yes. And he got kind of yanked on that yeah. because of some kind of
1: forceful
2: uh, assert of control. And now it looks like he tried to take this. And some stuff came up from the past like a yeah. podcast or something. And maybe some not nice things were brought to light. And he voluntarily stepped down. And in the meantime, we've got, you know, obviously our Blossom star, Miriam Balak. Maya Mayak. Mayam.
0: Myam Mayam. There we go. Mayam. Mayam. I, I like, call her Blossom. Like, I don't like her in the slightest, but I will not resort to like mispronouncing her name. <laughs> like, no, feels... I won't do it intentionally. No. Yeah, you know, you know what I mean. Like that feels. Yes. That feels no, like... I'm.
2: I'm a fan of her work. Maybe not the blossom, but I enjoyed her on Big Bang Theory as Sheldon's girlfriend, Amy Farrah Fowler. Um, I, I, I think that you know she's an accomplished woman. Um, I don't know that much personally about her, so I can't comment on that. But. Fair enough. If people, uh, she seems to have done well in the qualifying rounds of Jeopardy and they extended some kind of offer for her to do some Jeopardy things that are on campus and and whatnot. But um, we also heard LeVar Burton's name being mentioned a lot. And we've had some really interesting tweets from guys like Ryan Reynolds that said, hey, look, the fandom wanted me to be Deadpool and they petitioned all the powers that be until Mm -hmm. I became Deadpool. And he's just like, I'm looking at LeVar Burton. Right. And, and I think that that's what we need right now is some kind of groundswell. And I've seen it a little bit, but I'd like to see it a lot more on Twitter and other social platforms. If that's who people want, then you should let the studios know who it is you want. And it's not to pit them against each other or anything like that. But I'm just saying, like, he did Reading Rainbow. He did Geordie the Forge. Oh, he's I, an indelible character on so many of us.
0: I went deep on this. Do you want to know some other stuff he did about yeah. why he's a great person? First of all, and a great person for Jeopardy. So, first of all, Reading Rainbow was the show on, that he was on for 23 years. When Reading Rainbow was canceled, he bought it. Oh. He and his business partner bought it, tried to relaunch it. Um, some, some legal kerfuffle happened, and now he has the LeVar Burton Kids Show and Skybrary, which is an app, which helps get kids to read and to learn things, and makes learning stuff awesome. He also is on the board of directors of the AIDS Research Alliance as of 2012. Um, you know, as you said, he's done all his other stuff. He's been on Reading Rainbow for 23 years.
2: Like, look, the reading Rainbow stuff I knew him from as a kid Mm -hmm. But, full stop Did I not lose my crap When he showed up on Star Trek The Next Generation As a teenager And even wearing the augmented eyepiece The hair comb thing And everything, it was so cool Yep You know what, like, it was just like Hey man, you know, like Geordie LaForge was a kind of interesting character You know, oh, oh yeah, sure Michael Dorn as Wharf and stuff like this. I get it. There's, there's different people playing different roles that you get excited over and whatnot. But Jordy was a, a, a solid pillar on that show for a lot of us. And I just really enjoyed the fact that he was articulate and intent and well-spoken. Like, he was a really reliable character in that. And I think, like, a show like Jeopardy, when you think of Alex Trebek, a lot of those qualities apply. You know what I mean? Like well spoken, articulate and accurate. And I'm just like I don't know. I'm I'm I to be fair, I haven't watched Jeopardy in a couple years. I I I just it's not my thing, but I it's got a cult following. It's a huge thing for a lot of people and I really want that to get sorted and to get yeah. the fans happy.
0: Yeah. So it is worth noting that as of my last check, there's over 270,000 signatures on a petition to have LeVar Burton host Jeopardy! His, okay. his guest hosting unfortunately suffered from some lower um, viewership numbers. Wow. Um, and I haven't had enough time to dig into whether or not you know that was LeVar Burton or what else was going on that week.
2: Yeah, you don't know. Like, if if you got an executive producer that's trying to cook things for himself, you have to start to wonder where the reaches are.
0: Yeah. Speaking of TMZ, Fox News, Black Enterprise, and a number of other places are enna- are are saying
1: that he was never really considered as of like eight hours ago. Hmm. Right? Interesting. Like it's- it just seems to be something that they're fighting against. And I don't know why.
0: Well, I mean, Mike Richards just wanted the show for himself. He's been a producer for a while. Um, and the allegations against him were pretty damning about him being a sexual harasser at work. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, like there is stuff of he called his former co-hosts on the price. Allegedly.
2: Right. Allegedly. Yes. Okay. I'm just putting that in there.
0: Fair. i the lawyer. Um, called her called Beth Triffin, quote, a booth slut. Mm. Um He allegedly called women who wear one-piece bathing suits unattractive. And then he said he would give Triffin's roommate a smack. Oh. um, not to mention, there has been a number of other cases, including he was sued for firing a pregnant woman.
1: He was. Wow. This guy's just
2: holding up that moral authority here. He sounds of it.
0: allegedly pushed for more women to wear bikinis on his shows.
1: Um, yeah, because that's natural. Shorter, <laughs> shorter skirts. Oh, my gosh. Um, And just generally, you know... <laughs>
0: There's still there were some pretty rough things that were alleged, and if I remember correctly, some things were allegedly, I believe, proven. Yeah, Um,
2: he actually did step down. So
0: I, 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 he stepped down from hosting the show. He still runs the show.
2: Yeah, I, I seem to recall hearing that he went on some podcast and said some stuff that was pretty, like just laying right at his own feet. I don't know about the alleged stuff, but I'm sure that that's going to come to light over all of this and who knows what happens. Um, hopefully it gets resolved and, uh, you know, if he's guilty of it, then he should be punished from it.
0: Yeah, there are suits filed in 20, not 2009,
1: 2010. um, and Um in a podcast published September 4th, 2014, he was pretty gross on a podcast. Um mm-hmm. you know, asking women on the podcast with him if they like taking booby pictures. Oh boy. And there again, is. saying that one-piece swimsuits are gross. Jeez. <laughs> Sorry, He's I just, just gleaned a lot of this,
0: and I'm like, wow, these <laughs> piece of work. Um, super quickly, uh, as of t- over the course of today, Mayim by uh, first was going to be the new host, and then no, 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 she was just going to host for three weeks while they got stuff figured out. Um, so it is up in the air whether that was, you know, a PR huh? misstep or people started pushing back against Mayan Bialik because she also has a number of problematic things in her past. Yep. Um that a lot of people don't like. Yep. Um briefly, <laughs> some of the worst bits. I'm. I don't know. If, I don't know if Phil's looking at the show notes I, I, have I for this right I now. I glanced them, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> <laughs> she she flirted with being anti-vax in 2009 2010 ish. She has since walked back, kind of, and has said her and her family are vaccinated against COVID. Um, she supports the Israeli settlements in Palestine, mm. um, which is against international law.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: she has she, is, she has said on I believe it was originally from a podcast that she is anti-c-section saying that those who need it to, to, to have a live birth are quote are, sorry are not quote favored evolutionarily end quote and should quote pass peacefully end quote so if you were born by c-section she says no maybe you just didn't get it wow <laughs> She has said some things that are weirdly anti-women's birth control of, like, it can cause permanent damage. Um, and she shills nootropics pretty regularly. Which are, I have been in the nootropic space, I have written about them. 98% at least of things calling themselves a nootropic have zero evidence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's. There's 2% that you're like, maybe some evidence. And I'm not saying all oh, those are proven, I'm saying, like... Creatine, which is a, a popular supplement for weightlifters and fitness people, and is a, a, arguably a nootropic, there's some data to support it. Mm-hmm. Like... Yeah. E- even then, it's not huge. Um, And yeah, I can go mm. on and on. I fell down a thing about her. Wow,
2: I'm I'm really... Like I say, I gleaned it over and I'm like, I'm going to let you pick that one apart
1: because <laughs> I, uh, I can
2: put my foot in my mouth on a few points that I've already
0: read and you covered them there. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh my I mean, gosh. she she defends a lot of this by saying she has a Ph.D. in neuroscience, which is true. Yeah. Um. However, but. according to herself. When she finished her undergrad. She didn't have the grades to get into medicine. Also, according to her, again, from the time, she was bad at science, and it was other courses that were non-science that pulled her GPA up. Okay. Um, From everything I was able to glean, and I tried to find more publications from her that were actually, like, peer-reviewed. As far as I can tell, the only thing that has been peer-reviewed and would be considered, like, a scientific resource... That she has done is her thesis which was never published her thesis is genuinely interesting it targets a very narrow area that's about an intersection of certain mental disorders with a certain genetic disorder very interesting stuff there she has she uses that however as a shield for she knows science stuff
2: yeah and the thing is is sure maybe you have Your accreditation but it still doesn't cover you bandishing about opinion as if it has any more weight because of that you know what I mean like I'm sorry but you can be a scientist and be a mass murderer like you you know what I mean
0: like you you can be the best physicist on the planet and not
1: understand that orangutans are apes not monkeys
0: like, yeah, e- as someone who has like a few areas of narrow expertise, I, I don't know a lot outside of my areas of expertise.
2: Yep. That's exactly it. And she's throwing about an opinion and thinking that it means more because she's apparently smart. Ah, <sighs> yeah. And on our final note, as we wrap up here on the It's Canon podcast, I'm going to bring up one that I know. Is going to open a can of rage with Some of the yeah. Star Wars
0: take- Come get us
2: Yeah, the sweaties out there um, I'm just going to bring it up That it looks like It's officially being changed For Boba Fett's spaceship Which, you know, they called it that On the Le- the last Lego set Boba Fett spaceship And we all thought that was weird Because every other set was actually labeled The Slave 1 Which is was its original And in- Canon universe name. And now it's called the Fire Spray, which I don't know. I I read that name. I read the name. I I gotta back you up. No, I know, I know, and you're going to. Okay. I'm just gonna say this. Okay. I thought it was an odd name, but it also scratched this thing in the back of my head. Like, hmm, this sounds familiar. All right, but I genuinely don't like the name on the front that it sounds like you're spraying gonorrhea the fire spray it just sounds like an std and something's happening like on a comedic side of things i am not really fond of the name hey i'm not really fond of slave one either but i know to slave one and here's all i'm going to say about it as a star wars fan and what i would encourage star wars fans because tyler's going to come in with a big can of whoop ass on this
1: yeah but star wars fans guess what Han Solo shot first. Every time I watch Star Wars,
2: Han Solo shot first in my mind. I don't care what George Lucas went back and changed. If Disney want to change Slave One, that's fine. You can call it the Fire Spray. I know it's the ship's actual name. All right, it's the model. It's the model of the ship. All right, just like a Corellian cruiser is a Millennium Falcon, and you know, I can even tell you that. The people, the manufacturer, I don't even know what it is because I can't give it that much brain space for myself. But the people who made that fire spray also make Obi-Wan Kenobi's Jedi Spacefire, which is what made that battle in episode two so interesting because it was the same manufacturers battling each other's ship. Okay, like their same manufacturer ship battle. So I think that was the first time in universe that that had happened on a geek level. but. Just because Disney or George or anybody changes the name of something doesn't mean you need to burn down the internet. You can still enjoy the content and call it the old name or enjoy it with the new name. It's up to you.
0: secret third option. Okay. You can go to StarWars.com and you can read the actual press release that all these websites are quoting and Mm -hmm. realize that they didn't actually change the name.
1: Even better. Part of what it appears to be is that, first of all, you look at them, and it says Boba Fett and fire spray. Uh th-
0: There's no evidence, and it's actually looking at the, the cover from the Behold the Vehicles of War, War of the Bounty Hunter, special covers. Yeah. That might not be the Slave One. Ah. The, col- the coloring does not match. Yeah. The battle damage does not match. Yeah, there are some details I, that it that might not be the slave one.
2: I am reading that series, but I haven't caught up to that issue yet. Um so. And... Yeah. So and, and and in that series, Kira's back. It's taking place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Somebody's stolen hand solo. Boba's on a warpath to get back. Kira's got possession of it. You know, like it, it's getting weird. It's getting good it's fun for a lot of the solo fans and whatnot so good on you out there for that but man oh man like star wars geeks you gotta just just take a chill pill man just just let stuff you know like stop looking for these conspiracies believe me they're gonna find conspiracies for us and the thing is that george used to do this stuff if disney choose to do it and if they don't if they just stop calling it Slave 1, or
0: maybe Lego had the apprehension about putting Slave 1 on a box. There's that. The other part of it is, and again, I cannot stress this enough, there is no evidence that Disney has changed the name. It literally, yeah. everyone's taking it from, that's what the release of a single cover is. And in yeah. fact, if you go to StarWars.com and you go to the databank and you look up either Slave 1 or Boba Fett's databank. You go to the same website, which is Boba Fett's ship called the Slave One. Yep, that's the name. They have there not changed go. it. People are just reporting that for your clicks, and you're falling for it. It's yep. it's just it's bad, and, lazy reporting. Yep. And and
2: secondly, it gets a headline in Twitter because you follow these threads of people outraged, right, and all these kids reacting. And then you start assuming, and you you get an article, and well, uh, it's a poorly written one at that.
0: Well, and you get the other side of it of the people who are like, "How dare you change my thing? <laughs> How dare you change it?" Instead, you get the
2: you yeah, that's that's my point.
0: It doesn't no, no, matter. But, no, no. But my point is, you get like you get the the neo reactionaries. You get like Ben Shapiro going on about yeah. it. You're like Ben Shapiro, you don't give a fuck about Star Wars. Yeah. You only talk about Star Wars when you think that. "Quote the wokes are ruining it." Yeah, like the number of people I've I've
1: seen who go
0: on and on about how much they love Star Wars and then get like basic plot points wrong on a like yeah. on their YouTube video or their podcast or whatever they have time to fix it.
1: Yeah, it's I just, agree.
0: You don't know it, and you know, and the last bit just for the cherry on top. Strictly speaking. There is no canonical source that I believe it's actually called the slave one anymore. Yeah, I was thinking that because I'm
2: like in in my retroactive viewings of this, like I, I haven't gone back and watched the movies. I'm just in my memories. I'm like, I don't think the the line slave
1: one is ever spoken. It is it is never uttered on screen. Yeah.
2: So this is all like Quite literally a floating name. And and to be fair, on the Lego side, there was a number of boxes that didn't have the Razor Razorcrest's name on it because there was some kind of legal dispute about a copyright claim in Germany. Yeah. And I've got a box that says Razorcrest, but other people have boxes that don't. It wasn't yeah. a conspiracy. It was Lego protecting their ass. Yeah. So maybe there was something else going on in some district of the world, and they've centralized production because I don't know about everybody else. But if you go to lego.com and try to buy anything Star Wars right now, odds are it's sold out. So they're having some real supply chain problems, right?
0: Well, I mean, I imagine a lot of people are just buying it separately.
1: Yeah, they're buying
0: it and they're stuck at home, right? And and let's say it is right and they are changing the name. Maybe. Maybe they're going to have it be actually a thing in the Boba Fett show about him changing the name and it meaning something to him. Exactly. And maybe originally that was maybe going to be foreshadowed or mentioned in the original, like in Mandalorian, and they moved plot stuff around. Just kill the fuck out.
2: Exactly. And with that, I'm going to bring this show to a close. I want to thank Tyler for coming (sighs) back. We're going to rearrange the schedule to get you on here regularly.
0: Oh, I knew he was going to be coming close towards the end of summer.
2: Yeah, and and Boris will be back soon. He's just got some personal stuff that he's taken care of, so I'm sure he wishes everyone uh, all the best. And uh, you know, stay tuned for his his return as well. But in the meantime, I'm just gonna let you know where to track us down and yell at us for yelling at Star Wars geeks or you know your lack of Boris. So you can hit us up on the website www.itscanonpodcast.com. com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at it's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere where you find podcasts, you're going to find the Its Canon Podcast. And if you like what you hear, make sure to, leave a, to never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button. Leave a rate and review if the platform allows for it. And tell a friend about the show. You know, spread the word, spread the love. Because uh, we really like getting up in the algorithms and getting out to people's ear holes. So thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the It's Canon podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything geek, everything pop culture, everything Star Wars, everything Jeopardy, everything Halo, everything Fortnite. Ooh, I'm uncomfortable with that, but uh, everything everything geekverse, it's here at the It's Canon podcast, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Good night.